With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in Her Space. And all this, and I used to be super judgmental of myself and other people. And I would shun my own feelings and, and, and judge other people when they were expressive sexually because I was taught that you weren't supposed to. And I think the more I grow and evolve, I realize that we are multifaceted beings. And it's okay for us to be the multidimensional beings that we are. So we can be sophisticated, sexual, sanctified, sensual, and spiritual at the same damn time. And that's okay. It is okay. And I think that I think a lot of that ties into patriarchy and this understanding, this notion or this expectation that sex is about what men want. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're We're your hosts, hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, Please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Okay, lady, today's episode, we are diving in and talking about our younger selves. And I want to start us off with a quote from Gabrielle Union's book, We're Gonna Need More Wine. Your deep mahogany skin may not resemble that of the others in your family, but it's just as gorgeous and you're just as worthy. One day you'll appreciate how much your brown skin shines in the moonlight, glistens in the sun, and ages ever so slowly. Have you ever had one of those experiences where you looked back on your life and you thought to yourself, girl, if I knew what I know now, because I know I have. <laughs> I have too. And I think about, oh, it's, 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 it's a tricky thing, right? Like at my age now, I think about things that I would tell my younger self at different stages in the game. But I think I want I think I want to stick to like my my young young adult self, like my under twenty-five self. Okay, so for my young adult self, 
you know, I think that what I would say about relationships, finances, sexuality, career, and, and womanhood, like all of those are things that come up for me. And what I would tell my young adult self is different than what I would tell myself like maybe two or three years ago. And even what I would tell myself as a teenager. Yeah, that makes sense. I would agree with that. I would definitely add self-esteem to those too. That's like that has changed so much and evolved over time. And so I guess I'm going to, I want to focus on what I would tell my young adult self as well. So like, what would I tell my younger self when it comes to relationships, for instance? And I thought the first thing that comes to mind for me is know that those red flags are there for a reason, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. Red flag. There for a reason. You got a story for us? I'm trying to think. I think I have so many examples where it's just, you know, you're in a situation. You know, typically in relationships, you start off everything's great. You got the honeymoon phase, and you're like, oh my god, so amazing. I'm so in love. Like everything's so perfect. <laughs> and then you start to see little things and make excuses for them, right? So it's like, oh, he cares so much. He's so controlling. He's like always wants to be around me, like, blows my phone up, like, nonstop, and, like, situations like this. Oh, he's called me 50 times because he couldn't get a phone, you know, he didn't get it, he didn't get the answer on the first ring. Oh, that's so cute. Little stuff like that, where it's like, bro, those red flags that you ignore today are going to be the same exact thing that drive you crazy in the future. And so it's just like, pay attention to that now, because when you think about it, though it might be flattering in a moment, that also might speak to where I might have been self-esteem-wise, because that's flattering to me. She was really holding him and like taking care of him, but she was the kind of person, and this is no judgment, it's just kind of stating the facts and conversations we had. She was the kind of person that really was kind of desperate to be in a relationship. She really wanted to be with someone because she was willing to put up with that. Later, it didn't work out, and that, that issue in the beginning that she thought was cute, like, oh, I treat them, we changed the dynamic of our relationship, ended up being one of the main reasons why they weren't together because he was fully taking advantage of her. And see, I think that piece, it kind of ties into the other piece that I have that comes up for me is trusting your gut, right? Because I think our gut, our instincts give us information about those red flags, right? So if your partner is calling you 50 times in a day and something in your gut is like, whether it's this annoys the hell out of me or I don't some I even maybe can't even put my finger on it but your gut lets you know that wait something isn't quite right here trust your gut and also trust your gut when things feel good don't run away from the things that feel good because sometimes we will do that sometimes our gut will say this might not be the norm this might not be how you were raised this might not be what everyone else wants for you but if your gut tells you that this feels right 
go for it. Sometimes, you know what you just made me think of? You made me think about the fact that sometimes, hmm. and this kind of ties into trust your good, sometimes we'll self-sabotage. I remember for me growing up and seeing men do women so dirty. Like in my family, I would, there would be situations where my uncle, he would bring a new, a new, oh, he would bring a new woman to the house for every holiday or every other week. And I'm like, oh, he's all his girlfriend. Okay, he's just talking to all these chicks. Now I would watch them do that. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's never going to happen to me. It, it impacted me in a certain way. So that impacted the way I showed up in relationships. And I remember when I would get into a relationship, it was very hard to open up. And I would so I would sabotage something that appeared to be good because I was like, oh, I don't want to get hurt. I'm going to stay closed off. So even right. trying to up when it's like, maybe it's the cornball that you don't think is your type. And you're like, oh, I would never go with him. But well, he has everything that's on the list, but he didn't come in the package that you wanted him to come into. He didn't come in the package that you envisioned him coming into. Does that make sense? That's the right way. Yeah, he didn't come yeah, into, it he does. didn't come in the way that you envisioned him coming. And so now you're like, oh, my gut is saying this might be it, but I'm gonna sabotage it because I don't really know, right? Or for whatever reason. So I think it, it, that that's what that makes me think of as well. Yes, definitely, definitely trusting. Trusting our gut on all of these things. All these things. And because we're smarter than we think we are a lot of times. And I feel like we keep getting those feelings in our gut for a reason. And even to this day, I'm still working on developing that sensitivity with my gut because I'll feel something. Something as simple as, you know how your gut will tell you, bring an umbrella. Even though you didn't see the weather, you didn't see it was going to rain, but something just told you, bring an umbrella and you go out the house. You go out the house and it's misty. Like, I feel my hair. And so you have to run back in the house. And it's like, why didn't I just listen to my intuition? I feel like those are great opportunities for us to test that and build the muscles so that we know when our intuition is telling us something. We also use that in a relationship. Ooh, excellent point. Excellent point. And I think that the other piece that our gut also tells us is that there are times when we, as we grow and we evolve, that this relationship might not be for us anymore. I would think that I would definitely tell my younger self the same thing. Like relationships evolve and it's possible to outgrow people in relationships. And I think I used to always have this mentality where it's like, oh my gosh, I put in so much time. You know how you're in high school and you might be dating someone. You're like, we've been together for two years. It's been so long. We've been through so much. So because of all the time that we put into the relationship, we're just going to stay together because we put so much time in. When it's like, why are you going to say something that's broken and it's not working because of all the time you put in? It's never too late to start fresh. It's never too late to start over for something better. Exactly. And knowing that you're and, and trusting the process, right? And so if your gut is saying, you know what, we have outgrown this and you've gotten the red flags and you're like, okay, just because we've we've known each other since childhood does not mean that we we have to stay together and that it is okay and you will be okay. I think that's the biggest message to my younger self in terms of relationships is that no matter what happens, you will be okay. You will be okay whether you decide in a relationship or they break up with you. Sometimes in the moment, it just seems so overwhelming and it seems like this is 
this is the end of my life, it's over, but it's like, you will be okay. I'm always always saying, you came into this world alone, you're going to leave this world alone, like, you will be okay if the relationship ends, right? And so I guess we should move yes. on to finances. Ooh, girl, what would you tell your younger self about finances? All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans. And it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mmm. Tying it into relationships that I don't need a partner to handle my finances. And so, you know, and everyone has to figure out what they want for them, like what they need out of a relationship. But 
for me, I would definitely constantly remind my younger self that, girl, you got this. And a healthy relationship for you does not include you being financially dependent on a man. Where do you think that came from, Dom? Like that thought of, I might need a partner, a man, or something like that. I think that's society. I think society has groomed us to believe that in order to have the quote-unquote American dream, that it needs to be a two-person household and that the that and 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 it's a two-person heterosexual household with the man as the provider and even if the woman has a good job because they said that you know we supposedly evolved you know over the last few decades but and that women can then it's quote-unquote okay for women to have careers but it's still this notion of the man should be the provider and the woman, no matter what type of job she has, should not make more than her man. And so for me, what I would tell my younger self is that financially you take care of you. I, I would say that I would tell my younger self to never choose money over your passion. But if you do, because sometimes we do, create an exit plan to get back to your passion. And I do have an experience for that. And I remember when I got out of, um, when I graduated from grad school, I got my first big girl job where I have benefits, I have my little apartment, I have my car. I was making the most money I'd ever made at that point in my career. And I remember being so miserable because I felt like I had sacrificed my real passion, which was motivational speaking, you know, writing books and things like that. And I was working in a different field. And I felt like I had sacrificed all that to check off all the boxes and to get all the things that they said I needed. And the funny thing is, when I got to that point and I had all those things, I was not happy and I was not fulfilled. And that's when I realized, oh, okay. Although I'm at this very comfortable position where I have everything I need. I mean, my job provided me with meals. It was a very comfortable position. A parking space in New York City. I mean, it was lit. It was on point. But I wasn't happy. And that made me realize that that doesn't define you. Sometimes you can choose your passion and you may not make as much money, but you'll still be happy and you can find other creative ways to supplement your income, right? And so that was, that's what I was told by younger self. You know, someone once, a mentor once told me that if you pursue your passion, the money will find you. And when I, when I think about that, I think that what, to me, what that means is that not only does that mean that you are, like you said, putting your passion over the finance piece, but what you're also doing is investing in yourself. And for me, that's, that's one of the things that I would tell myself too about finances is to invest in yourself. And investing in yourself to me looks like putting money towards helping you pursue your passion. And so if like my younger self, psychology is my thing, like mental health is my thing. And so I would tell my younger self to 
not pass up on those conferences, on those networking opportunities, like all of those things that may have required some money, but would have, but would allow you to pursue your passion to invest in yourself. Even if that means, you know what? I can't go eat sushi tonight. I got to have some top ramen. But that means that if that means that I'm pursuing my passion and it's setting me up for long-term success, bigger picture success, then make that temporary sacrifice. Top ramen ain't, top ramen ain't that bad. Right, it ain't that bad. Put a little seasoning up in there. <laughs> a little seasoning, a little hot sauce. <laughs> exactly, spice it up just right. Some some sriracha sauce. Add some vegetables up in there, and then you have your whole little own, your own little stir fry situation. You you find ways. And the only thing I would add to that, Dom, if you pursuing your passion, I would say. Think about what your passion is and try to find a need that society has and like build a bridge to that so that you can monetize that passion. Mm -hmm. I know I I know some creatives where like my cousin, he's so talented and he can draw his behind off, right? But it's like sometimes he has trouble finding a way to actually make a living off of that. But if you can invest in yourself and figure out, okay, how can I either pursue my passion, find a way to monetize it, or sometimes you can keep your day job, like do your day job and do your passion on the side, right? Entrepreneurship and Living that life isn't for everybody. Like it's okay to keep a steady job, get benefits, and making sure your your family is stable, and doing your passion on the side, so you can still get that fulfillment. So yeah, I would definitely do that. Yeah, that's a good point, and I think the other piece to that too is a fin getting a financial advisor, because mm -hmm. that financial advisor might also be that person who guides you into saying, okay, well, here's what your this is what your money looks like. Here is how much room you have to truly invest in your passion. Here is where you may need to make some cuts so that or make some changes so that you can pursue your passion. But I would definitely say to my younger self to get a financial advisor. Yes, amen. I feel like we could go on and on with finances because I learned so many bad lessons. I didn't have a lot of structure and information about finances growing up. And so I feel like a financial advisor would be a great place to start if you didn't grow up in a family that talked about finances and balancing your checkbook and credit and investing and all that at the dinner table or at home. Get, your, get yourself a financial advisor so you can get that in order. Yes. And now, let's talk about career. And so I think as we're talking about pursuing our passion, I think that that dovetails perfectly right into talking about what your career looks like. And I would tell my younger self that part of really taking full advantage of like your career opportunities would be to study abroad and travel abroad. Like I can recall specifically, there were a couple of times in undergrad and I do re definitely recall a time in graduate school where an opportunity came up to spend a semester abroad doing work in another country and, and learning about mental health in that country. And I remember a couple of classmates did it. And I remember saying to myself, oh, that seems really cool, but 
financially, I can't afford to do that. So that's just not going to happen. When in reality, if I had looked at that, took that as an opportunity to really invest in myself, I could have spoke to a financial advisor, but then also my school financial aid office about how to make that happen. That's a really good point. Sometimes it's like we don't know about opportunities because we don't have the resources or we don't know what resources are available to us, but I'm with you there. Traveling abroad, I had a chance to do that for the first time at 17. And I noticed a lot of my counterparts, especially the white people that I'm around and work with, they are well traveled. A lot of them, not all of them, are well traveled. Like they've been taking family trips as they've been younger, and it really helps develop. Uh, sort of a global sort of perspective when you are able to see other parts of the world, see different cultures and experience different foods and, and all that good stuff. So I would second, I would definitely do that. And that leads me on to the next one for me, which would be learn another language. I would tell my younger self, girl, why didn't you like, pay attention in Spanish class, okay? Because I think that now I realize, girl, like, I was just bullshit. And I was being like, and I, you know, when I was younger, and I stopped doing this uh, as I got older, but when I was in high school, Every once in a while, I would be cheating on them tests, girl. I was like, I don't really care about this. It doesn't matter. I'm going to write the answers, girl. I used to write the answers on my hand. A mess. I know. I used to write the answers. Girl. girl I was like, I don't feel like learning this. I want to get an A. And I would, I just kick myself today. So I'm like, I wish I would have paid attention because that would make me even more marketable, you know? When you speak multiple languages, you're just so much more marketable when it comes to career and what you can do, and you're not easily replaced because everyone doesn't know. Everyone's not bilingual, right? Right. If I was a bilingual therapist, girl. 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 Mm-hmm. One more time. Girl. Mm-hmm. Girl. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like, practice what we lit. <laughs> I would. I, yes. It would just be, it would be a game changer for real if I had taken up, really pursued Spanish. Because I took Spanish in Hell, they gave us, they exposed us to Spanish in elementary school. I feel like I might have taken it in middle school. I'm drawing a blank on that right now. I know for sure I took it in high school and then I took it again in college. Like, for real, like, for real, for real, I could be bilingual right now. Yep, I'm with you. But that, that's definitely the thing that I would tell my younger self is to become bilingual early on. The other thing that I was telling ourselves as it relates to career is your network, return on your network. That's a nice little slogan. We hear it a lot, but I have realized that more than ever working in the tech industry in San Francisco, girl, when I tell you I've seen people that are not necessarily qualified for jobs, they know someone that knows someone or they know the person that they need to know and they're able to get that connection because of what they know, that determines your network. Now you have this high-paying job because you knew someone who could connect you. And so for me, I have networked my ass off in the last four years of living in San Francisco. And it's opened so many doors to opportunity. And it's really about when you think about, you know, I did a branding workshop recently and I talked about how it's not about who you know, right? It's about who knows you and what they're saying in room that you're not in. Yes. So what are they saying about you when they're in the room with the execs? Are they saying, oh, Dom, she will be perfect for this project. And how would they know that? Because Dom is with a relationship with that person. And so right now, my career, I'm all about building genuine relationships with people. And I noticed that even on that journey, there are some people where I, I, I meet them or I get their energy. And I'm like, that's not, that's not really the type of energy I'm looking for. And so you just move on to someone else that fits, you know, in the energy field that you want to be in. 
and we have this sort of mentality where it's like, no new friends, no new friends, but those new friends are going to be ones that help you open up new opportunities, right? So, like, we talked about uh, before the showdown, it's like, you don't have to leave your current friends, you just explore and, and expand the network that you have. I think that's a great point, because I think I, you, my younger self was terrified of networking. And when I really think back on some of the biggest game changers or opportunities that came about for me, things that I wasn't expecting to happen for me, those things came about when I pushed my boundaries, pushed my, pushed my limits and networked, right? And so I would tell my younger self, uh, if I think about self-esteem, I would tell my younger self that I don't have to be perfect and that it's okay to have flaws and that those flaws can be beneficial to you, beneficial or inspirational to others, but not being perfect means that I'm embracing that I might struggle a little bit with networking And I would push myself to be in those situations, right? To embrace that I'm not perfect, to embrace and remember that other people in that environment also might be experiencing social anxiety too, also might be just as terrified of networking as I am. But in order to build up my self-esteem, I need to do it, right? And I need to get some wins. And those wins come from from, from networking. The other thing I would tell my younger self as it relates to self-esteem is it's okay to be weird and quirky. I feel like ever since I was younger, I I realize it now. I didn't realize it at the moment, but I always used to kind of march to the beat of my own drums. I would always get into some weird, just some weird shit that, other people would be like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So just embracing that. And I feel like nowadays I am more open to that and I embrace it. And I walk in and I'm like, yeah, I'm weird. All right, it is what it is. But before I didn't accept it as much and that caused me to be inauthentic and sort of rob myself of opportunities to just be myself and connect with people on a deep level and be the real me instead of kind of portraying someone that I wasn't. And so I think that was like, that was a key, key, Yeah, I would agree. I mean, and I think the thing is, to add on to that, is to recognize that you're worthy. That that quirky girl who might be into country music or who might be into, I don't know, I can't think of anything right now, um... My, I mean, for me, let me just think, let me stop trying to think about what other people might be quirky and think about myself, right? right? Like, I love to read. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So for me, my quirky self, like what made, or what I thought made me quirky, but in reality, when I step back and look at it, I love to read. I love to keep my nose in a book. For me, embracing that piece and recognizing that I am worthy of being in whatever environment I show up in and people who are really meant to 
be in my circle will accept that. All right, girls, let's talk about womanhood. What would you tell yourself about womanhood? I know the first thing that comes to mind for me is it's okay to walk alone and be alone. I feel like I lived in a place where I always kind of wanted to be around people and be around noise, whether it was music or, you know, relationship or just keep staying busy. And I think just learning how to be alone and sort of be still is really important. And for me, it just allowed me to connect deeply with myself so that I could figure out how I wanted to show up in the world as a woman. The black woman. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, like that walking, like what you said about that walking alone, what comes up for me is this notion of walking alone is defining womanhood for yourself, right? And so I would, what I would tell my younger self is to define that shit for yourself. Don't worry about what other people say you should be doing. Don't worry about what society says is what a woman is supposed to be, right? So we had an episode where we talked about deconstructing the binary, right? And so figuring out what womanhood means to me means that I don't have to necessarily fit into one specific box about what femininity is. And if some of the things that I do may be perceived as masculine, then okay, perceive it as masculine. But if it's something that works for me, if it's something that brings me happiness, then I'm going to do it. So if I'm pursuing that leadership position in a field that may be dominated or a department that might be dominated by men, If I'm coming into the room and I'm taking the lead, if that makes me masculine, then guess what? I'm going to be masculine. It's your definition of womanhood. And that takes us into sexuality. Ooh, yes. What would we tell our younger selves about sexuality? And I feel like there's so much that we could dive into. But the first thing that comes to mind for me here when it comes to sexuality is literally as the poet it's okay to be sexual and sensual. I feel like for the longest time growing up, as a woman, I remember my the, at the men in my family, there was always a conversation about, you know, sexual proudness and them getting women and then men just doing their thing with different women. But as a woman, it's like, oh, no, we're supposed to be good girls, be quiet, and be, I guess, hey. asexual, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, be chaste and all this. And I used to be super judgmental of myself and other people. And I would shun my own feelings and, and, and judge other people when they were expressive sexually because I was taught that you weren't supposed to. And I think the more I grow and evolve, I realize that we are multifaceted beings. And it's okay for us to be the multidimensional beings that we are. So we can be sophisticated, sexual, sanctified, sensual, and spiritual at the same damn time. And that's okay. It is okay. And I think that I think a lot of that ties into patriarchy and this understanding this notion or this expectation that sex is about what men want right and so that it's okay for men to masturbate it's okay for men to have multiple partners and 
it's okay for men to do X, Y, and Z, right? It's, it's about what men want. And so for me, in terms of what I would tell my younger self about sexuality, it would be one, to masturbate. And masturbate and and do it in the sense of learning my body, right? And learning my body in what pleases me, not what I can do to please a man, right? Mm -hmm. And I would also tell my younger self to ask for what you need and what you want. Because once you get into that space of knowing your body, then you're able to articulate what you need and what you want from a partner. And so if you like to have sex every day, right? Then you should be able to articulate that. And that should, your womanhood, your femininity should not be questioned. Exactly. Exactly. No matter what it is that you want, like, you should be able to feel comfortable enough to ask for it. And for me, being able, if my younger self had been doing that, like, and I think about like lots of young people, if if our if if our younger selves were out there really advocating for what we wanted, like we would be patriarchy would be blown the hell up. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't even really exist. And when you think about it, like we went back to, we'll go back to you're worthy. You deserve to be pleasured during sex. Like you deserve to feel good. You deserve to have experiences that you really want and need. And when we don't ask for what we want, for one, we're not being honest with the person that we're with. So they think they're doing the right thing the whole time. We're like miserable. Like, oh my gosh, I wish they would do this, you know what I mean? But they're not listening because they don't know and we're not saying anything. And it is tough to have the conversation sometimes, especially if it's sort of like mid-relationship and you've been doing something a whole a certain way the whole time and then one day you're like, you know what? This is what I want. But the thing is, we are evolving beings and so it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to uh, want something different and it's okay to advocate for yourself. And it's so, so important to do that. I think that big, the biggest piece out of all of that is to recognize that you are worthy, like you said, to trust your gut and to, in all facets, ask for what you want and what you need. So whether it's on your job and you're like, okay, wait, hold on. I think that I'm doing a good job here. I think I need, I think I'm deserving of a promotion and a raise. Don't be afraid to ask for that, right? Now, you may get told no, but you don't know unless you ask. What's that phrase? Closed mouths don't get fed? That's right. And so no matter what it is that we're looking for, if we don't ask for it, we will never get it. Exactly. And even though we tell our younger selves all these tips and nuggets. What do we really want to? Because if you think about it, if we were to go back in time and school our younger selves and give our younger selves the game, would we really be who we are today? Would we have evolved into the women that have learned the lessons that we've learned today, right? And so it's sometimes nice to think about what we go back and, and tell our younger selves, but we could also reframe it as 
what have I learned since that time, right? Because sometimes this conversation can make people feel bad about where they are in life. Like, oh, damn, if I would have known this when I was younger, I would do it through X, Y, and Z. But maybe you need the X, Y, and Z for you to show up in the world as a more compassionate and empathetic being, right? I look at my life sometimes and think about the adversity that I experienced. And yeah, it was hard. Yes, I wanted to give up. But I'm so grateful for every traumatic experience because it really allows me to be the person I am. Like I, I couldn't buy this compassion I had on a store at Walmart. I couldn't learn this empathy at Harvard University. You know what I mean? Like these are certain gifts that I have now that I'm able to use in the world in my work that I only gained from not knowing what I know now. And so it really is the beauty in the journey. It's never too late to do things that we want us to do. Like we said, we wanted to learn Spanish. We can go learn a new language. It's never too late to do those things that we know. And now that we do know these things, what are we going to do with our lives? How are we going to show up in the world now that we do know what we wish we would have known then? Ooh, I, I couldn't have said it better. I could not have said it better. And so we want to thank you, lady, for hanging with us today and hearing from us, like what we would tell our younger selves. And some of what we would tell our younger selves is maybe what we would tell other younger people. I want you to, if this really resonated with you, I want you to go to the Her Space Sanctuary and let us know, like, let's have a discussion about what you would tell your younger self or better yet, what lessons have you learned that you are applying in your life today. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory psychology today or contact your insurance provider if you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at her space podcast or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com and before we meet again repeat after me i release what no longer serves me to manifest what I desire. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, lady. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.